So how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. That's great. <laughs> oh, okay. It's been a long time since we've done something on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All righty. You want to get into this? Uh, yep. Okay. Here. What? The, whoa. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> are you drawing something on the screen? No. It it seriously looks like you're drawing something on the screen. <laughs> Is that a fucking wiener? It's Bob the Wiener. Welcome to Psycho's Kitchen. I'm taking myself out of this Bob the Wiener, okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Psycho's Kitchen. I am your host, Hayden, and I am here with a special guest from Bottom Brigade Talks Horror, Solio. Hello. What's up, Sol? Oh, not much. What's up with you? Not a thing. So, little bit of information. Sol is on a... Uh, podcast with myself as well and a couple other friends of ours and um, we talk about horror movies on that podcast as well but that one is also for gaming and comedy and all kinds of other stuff as well so if you want to check that out check it out you're still drawing hi hi <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so have you uh whenever I told you who we were going to be doing this on um, mm-hmm. did you actually like look anything up about this person? No. <sighs> Failure. You you said I didn't have to. I, I want to <laughs> learn did. new things from you. you know? I did, I did. That's okay. What's, so what's the point of looking it up if teacher IC is gonna teach me, you know? <laughs> um, so we are going to be talking about Todd Christopher Colep. And he is an American serial killer, sex offender, and mass murderer. Ah, triple threat. Oh, yeah. Triple threat, baby. He was convicted of murdering seven people in South Carolina between 2003 and 2016. He kidnapped at least one. Oh, yeah. He kidnapped at least one woman, raped another, and claims to have killed many more. Wow. Yeah. So, um... Trigger warning for anybody. That is a rainbow pride flag. You are still over here drawing. Are you even listening? <laughs> I am listening to you. I need to, you know, do other things too. You know, I got to get my brain to focus. So, okay. Uh, so, uh, yes. I was just going to say, I'm also using my touch screen so that you don't pick up the noise of my mouse. Oh, God. Okay. So, oh. <clears throat> Uh, Todd Kalep was born on March 7th, 1971 in Florida, Bray's neck of the woods, and uh, he was raised in South Carolina and Georgia. His parents divorced when he was two years old, and his mother gained custody and married another man the following year. So divorce, how do you get over a divorce that quickly? I'm sorry, she got remarried a year after? Yeah, like it took her a year to remarry. Well, I mean, to be honest. Sometimes when people divorce, they like 
the relationship is done before the divorce. Like yeah, people true. emotionally detached before that. That's true. Uh, his mother gained cu- custody and married another man the following year. Later, psychological reports found that Kalep had an, an unhealthy relationship with his stepfather and often wanted to live with his biological father, whom he had not seen in eight years. So he hasn't even seen he hadn't even seen his biological father for eight years. Uh, wow. Kalep was described as a troublesome child in nursery school. He was known to be aggressive towards other children and would destroy their property. At the age of nine, when he started undergoing counseling, Kalep was described as being explosive and preoccupied with sexual content. Wow. At the age of nine. What does that even mean? Um, what year was this? <laughs> uh, this would have been, so he was born in 1971. So this would have been uh, the year 1980. He was nine. Yeah, I was just going to say the internet, but... Well, I mean, the internet was around in the 80s, but... I don't know. I wasn't alive in the 80s. Oh my god, you're so young. Of course, I wasn't alive in the 80s either. (laughs) You're supposed to be the old one. Let's see here. Oh, on April 30th, 1993, four years after publishing a proposal for an idea of linked information systems, computer scientist Tim Berners-Lee released the source code for the world's first web browser and editor. So... Literally a couple months after or before I was born, the internet became public. Ah. So yeah, the internet was not around. Okay, um, fascinating. So what did he just get like some dirty mags or I I don't know. It doesn't really say. You are drawing a flower. (laughs) (laughs) And birds. And birds. (laughs) Anyway, back to this. I don't know the psychology of why young children get involved in sexual you're not you're not a psychologist no i'm so sorry i thought that was your credentials oh yeah that's why i was here (laughs) um he also displayed cruelty to animals the number one sign of a psychopath uh oh wow shooting a dog with a bb gun and killing a goldfish with clorox bleach okay (sighs) what child doesn't dream of killing a goldfish with clorox I guess my childhood really did suck. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's one of the one things you want to do, you know, because then you get to flush it down the toilet. You know, all of my cats kept eating all of my fishes, so <laughs> I never really got a chance to flush them down so, the toilet. So you got pet fish and then your cat just said, no, bitch, you're ours. And just literally, <laughs> like no matter how high up they were or how well they were covered, they <laughs> Cats, cats are evil. I love them, though. They're amazing. Sounds like it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Kalep's father later said the only emotion his son was capable of was anger. Kalep spent... Mood. Yeah, I mean, you know, mood. Kalep spent three and a half months in Georgia in a psychiatric hospital. I know, right? That pause was because I misread. But it was, uh, and he spent three and a half months in a Georgia psychiatric hospital, not because Ah. we hate Georgia. I mean, tomato, tomato, but, you know, as an inpatient because of his inability to get along with other children. Eventually, in 1983, Kalep was sent to live with his biological father in Arizona after his mother and stepfather separated. Wow, she couldn't even keep the stepfather. (laughs) (laughs) He took his father's surname and began working a number of local jobs. He also inherited his father's hobby of collecting weapons and was taught by him to blow things up and make bombs. Okay, so when your child inhibits um, cruelty to animals, 
probably not a good idea to teach him how to blow shit up. Just yeah. thought. Um, despite this, their relationship de- deteriorated due to his father's absence with a number of girlfriends, and Kalep expressed desires to return to his mother, though she reportedly made excuses to extend his stay. On November 25th, 1986, 15-year-old Kalep kidnapped a 14-year-old girl in Tampa, Arizona. In Tempe, Arizona? He threatened her with a 22 caliber revolver, brought her back to his home, tied her up, taped her mouth shut, and raped her. Afterwards, he walked her home and threatened to kill her younger siblings if she told anyone about what had happened. Yeah, and this is 15 years old. 15. All I did at 15 was cry. (laughs) It's so sad. (laughs) How can you be in a headspace to just, like, do that and be okay with it? I don't know. Um, When I was 15, the only thing I was concerned about was video games and uh, food, I guess. I mean, (laughs) those were both good options. Yeah, that's all I was concerned about when I was 15 was food and video games. I wanted nothing else in life. Wow. Uh, Kalep was charged with kidnapping, sexual assault and committing a dangerous crime against children. So I guess she did tell someone. Anyway, in 1987, so this is a year after, almost to the day, because it on November 20th, 1987, he pleaded guilty to the kidnapping charge and the others and the other charges were dropped. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison and registered as a sex offender. According to court records, Kalep was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and was noted as having an above-average IQ of teen. Um, what is the average IQ? Oh, you're going to make me look things up. Yep. Is the average IQ. The average IQ is 98. So it's it ranges between 85 and 115. And Kalep had an IQ of 118. Wow. Mm-hmm. An extra three. <laughs> Yeah, an extra three whopping points. The judge in the case said Kalep was very bright and should be advanced academically, but behaviorally and emotionally dangerous and likely could not be rehabilitated. Kalep's probation officer wrote a similar description in court papers and added that he, quote, felt the world owed him something. Kalep's attorney in that case later went on to say that while defending him, quote, he did not believe his client would go on to harm others in the future. During his imprisonment, Kalep was initially cited for violations that included some violent behavior. After turning 20, however, he had no other records of disobedience. In August of 2001, Kalep was released from prison after serving 14 years and moved to South Carolina, where his mother was living. During his imprisonment, he attended, a graduate, he attended and graduated from Central Arizona College. C-A-C, 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 with a bachelor's degree in computer science. Hey, I like computers. (laughs) No, I did not go there. Oh, I just thought by your your show of spirit there. No, that's a community college. college. I went to Purdue. I went to a university. Wow. (laughs) You a smarty pop. I am a smarty pop. Look at where you're at now. Right. (laughs) Talking serial killers on Zoom. And I didn't go to either. (laughs) 
my here I am so making sad. doodles on on a whiteboard <laughs> on Zoom while talking about serial killers. Yeah, our lives are so great. Yeah. Um, from January of 2002 to November of 2003, he worked as a graphic designer for a company in Spartanburg. He began studying at Greenville Technical College in 2003. Uh, Colette transferred to the University of South Carolina Upstate. The University of South Carolina Upstate the following year and graduated in 2008 with a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administrated Marketing. Wow. <laughs> Despite being registered as a sex offender, Kalep was able to get a real estate license on June 30th, 2006, after lying about the felony charge on his application. From, oh my God, did they not do a background check? Clearly not. From this, he built a firm that had dozens of agents in its employ. He had been recognized as a top-selling agent in the Carolina region. The firm was closed down following his arrest. Kalep also required a private pilot license. Again, no background check. You think anyone does background checks? I, I mean, they should, right? They should. That doesn't mean they do. Now, look, I am all for, all for rehabilitation, and I am all for giving people second chances but this this is a little bit like very serious you know like it's not like stealing a pack of gum from gas yeah there there are just now now granted i know people need like they have to have jobs but there are just some jobs that people like this should not be able to do and being a real estate agent is fucking one of them like factory who lives in those houses right right this type of person should not be one of them that can do that. But like I said, you know, I'm all for, you know, rehabilitation and people being given another chance to re-implement into society. However, again, there are just some jobs that certain people, depending on the crime, should not be able to do. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he obtained his private pilot license and several properties out of state. In May 2014, he purchased nearly 100 acres of land <clears throat> located in an area nine miles from the community of Moore uh, for $305,632. He then set a, a fence, which cost $80,000 around the property. A customer who sold her home to Colette remembered him as an extremely outgoing and professional, but noted that he would often talk about his firearms and sometimes subtly used sexual innuendo during their conversations. Conversely, a woman who assisted one of Collette's employees described him as angry and condescending towards her partner. A banker who worked with Collette said he often watched pornographic videos even at work. And now this is uh, 2014. Yeah, 2014. So yeah, the internet was there then. Well, uh, <laughs> watch magazines. I mean, you never know. Maybe it, it's like the 3D mags, only instead of 3D, it's like you, it's like those holographic things, you know, mm-hmm. where you tilt them one way and then they make a new picture and it, you could make it look like the person is dancing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> we had them as kids, you know, it was like a little card and it was like all holographic yeah. and you tilt it one way and the person would like dance in a position, tilt it the other way. And then if you did it really fast, it looked like they were dancing. Yeah. Maybe it was like that. <laughs> maybe Kaleb frequented a waffle house in rush 
or a Waffle House restaurant in Roebuck where his behavior disturbed the waitresses to the point where the male cook began to take collapse orders for them. According to this employee, one of the waitresses was Megan Lay McCraw Coxie, one of Collapse victims. On November 6, 2003, a customer found four people shot dead inside Superbike Motorsports, a motorcycle shop in Chesney. The victims were identified as owner Scott Ponder, uh, 30 years fun, service manager Brian Lucas, 29 years fun, mechanic Chris Sherbert, 26 years fun. And what's book- fun mean? Fun? Yeah. Like instead of saying 20 years old, say 20 years fun. You've never heard anybody do that? No. Really? Hmm. Why? It just sounds better than saying this person's 52 years old. You say they're 52 years fun. Mm. <laughs> okay. And bookkeeper Beverly Guy, 52 years old, who was, <laughs> who was Ponder's mother. All four died from multiple gunshot wounds before Kalep confessed to the shootings in 2016. Investigators believe that the gunman, armed with a pistol, entered the shop from the back and killed Sherbert as he worked. He then killed Guy in the middle of the showroom, Lucas at the main doorway, and Ponder in the parking lot. According to Ponder's wife, Kalep was a disgruntled customer who had been in the shop several times. According to Kalep's mother, he attempted to return a motorcycle there, but the employees laughed at him, would not return the money he had paid for the motorcycle, and embarrassed him for not knowing how to ride one properly. I mean... That's still not a reason to kill them, though. Well, you know, people with a personality disorder sometimes genuinely... Like, they genuinely don't think things like we do. Like, you know what I mean? No. So, okay, because I have this, you know, I I have a personality disorder. Yeah, that's why I was like, why are you saying us? As in, like... You because I've been a personality disorder. Because I've been trained to. Aww, good doggo. <laughs> no, but I've, you know what I'm saying? I've been trained. Yes, to yes actually, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So when they, when this stuff happens to them, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it. Something goes off in their brain that makes it worse than it is. It, it's kind of like anxiety about an, a situation only a kajillion fold like you you know how like if you have anxiety you will uh you'll think the worst about something yippers okay so imagine that but worse like worse than the thing that you can imagine like if someone makes them angry they're out to get them if someone says something mean they're trying to harm them and these things don't just like it doesn't register as logical in their brains. It's, it's illogical, but they don't see it that way. Ah, okay. And you put that on top of not having empathy. You know, you, you don't actually have feelings about anything. It leads people to do stupid shit. Was the guy's name actually Guy? <laughs> Out of no. all of that. I'm so sorry. I was... Fu- <laughs> Focus on the fact that maybe he's French and his name is Guy, not Guy. Hold on. I would like to respect the dead, you know? Out of, out of everything that was just said, yes. your response is, was the guy's name Guy? 
Yes. <laughs> this is very important. <laughs> oh, shit. Woo. Okay. So, no, Guy was a last name. It was uh, bookkeeper Beverly Guy. But how do you spell it? G-U-Y. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Very philosophical explanation is done. Took about 10 minutes. And the first follow-up question is, <laughs> so was the dude's name actually Guy? <laughs> I swear, I'm literally like a child when you're telling me a story. I, like, hang on to one certain thing. <laughs> oh, shit. So, okay. Anyway, <laughs> continue. I'm so sorry. So on August 31st, 2016, uh, Kayla Brown, age 30 years fun. I'm still doing it. And her boyfriend, Charles David Carver, age 32 years fun. Carver? Carver. C-A-R-V-E-R. Carver. <laughs> went missing after they went to remove brush from one of Collapse properties. Carver was later found dead of multiple gunshots on the property. Interest in the disappearance of Brown and Carver increased as a result of posts on Carver's Facebook account following their disappearance, the unusual nature of which prompted speculation that another party had taken control of his Facebook account. Facebook will catch you. Man, Facebook will get you. Weren't you banned from Facebook because you didn't have enough friends? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't like social media. And the only reason I had it was to control the Facebook pages. And so I didn't add anybody. And they assumed that my account was a bot account and banned me. That's okay. My mom is banned from Facebook marketing. I need to hear this story. <laughs> I, I don't fully remember or understand it. She like posted something on there to sell. And apparently you're like not or back then or whatever. You weren't supposed to like say the actual price. Like you were supposed to set it as zero dollars. And then when someone contacts, hey, this is actually how much I would like for it. And she like put the actual price on it. And it was like um, it was like a wallet or a purse, but it was like Michael Kors or something. So it was like more on the expensive side. And apparently they like thought that it was a fake purse or fake wallet. Like it wasn't an actual Michael, Michael Kors. So they were like, yeah, you're actually just going to get permaband <laughs> right now. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So on November 3rd, Brown was found by authorities chained to the wall inside a metal storage container on the property. Investigators had tracked her down after tracing the couple's last known cell phone signals, after which they heard banging noises coming from inside the container. A search of Collapse property recovered Carver's vehicle, which was found in a ravine covered in brush. According to Brown, she witnessed Carver being shot by Kalep. Kalep's mother claimed Carver was killed for having a really smart mouth, which I hate Kalep when that did happens. not like. <laughs> so again, this just goes to show how irrational and like no actual like value of human life that someone with a personality disorder has. Like they just don't value human life that he had a smart mouth, so it was inconvenient for Collette, so he just, you know, shot him. No big deal. Just shot the guy. Yeah. <sighs> I just love how the mom is just very much like, oh, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> right. Right. She's just basically like, yeah, he had a smart mouth. He had it coming. He had it coming. He had it coming. I love Cell Block Tango. <laughs> uh, he also said he kept Brown captive because she did not do anything wrong and that he did not want to hurt her. 
However, Brown stated to police just after her rescue that Kalep had killed Carver because Kalep was, quote, mad at her. During her captivity, Brown was raped repeatedly and intimidated into not escaping after having been shown the graves of Kalep's other victims. Two bodies were discovered on Kalep's property following his arrest on November 6th and 7th. They were later identified as husband and wife Johnny Kokoxi, age 29, and Megan Leigh McCraw Coxy. They hyphened their last names. And uh, she was 26. Residents of Spartanburg who were reported missing on December 22nd, 2015. They were allegedly hired by Kalep to work on his property. McCraw Coxy had been killed by a gunshot wound to the head on December 25th or 26th. Oh my God, killed on Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, while Coxie had been killed a week earlier by a gunshot wound to the torso, according to the county coroner, they were identified through their extensive tattoos. See, this is why you get tattoos, people. <laughs> Kalep was arrested shortly after Brown's rescue. He later confessed to the Chesney shootings and the murders of the Coxies. In exchange for allowing him to talk to his mother, give her a photograph, and transfer money to the college fund for of a friend's child. While meeting with his mother, he reportedly confessed to the killings and kidnappings. When he confessed to the Chesney shootings, Kalep said he shot each of the victims once in the forehead, a detail in the investigation that was never released to the public. A search of Kalep's property also uncovered numerous weapons, including 9mm pistols outfitted with suppressors, semi-automatic rifles, and an undetermined amount of ammunition. Because there were no there was no record of a background check under Kalep's name for the purchase of a firearm, investigators believed he likely acquired the weapons illegally. Which makes sense. I was about to ask, you know, yeah. how he got the guns, but if he obtained them illegally. The pieces are pieces. <laughs> Shortly following Kalep's arrest, authorities in Spartanburg County discovered a number of seemingly joking product reviews for various items such as padlocks, shovels, tasers, and gun accessories on retail websites uh, on the retail website Amazon.com. Written oh, by that's this dude? I, I guess so. Did you know this? I think I've heard about this part. Uh, written by a user known simply as me, as in M-E, me. Obviously. No, <laughs> no. The, the writer's name was Icy. <laughs> hey, don't tell people that. <laughs> One review about a padlock stated, quote, solid locks have five on a shipping container, won't stop them, but sure will slow them down till they are too old to care. Another written for a folding shovel read, quote, keep in car for when you have to hide the bodies and you left the full-size shovel at home. Does not come with a midget, which would, be, would have been nice. The reviewer's wish list page was listed as Todd Kalep. Okay, so you cover your tracks. But then you have your name. But then you have your name in your wi- as, your, as the title of your wish list? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> 118 IQ my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Following his arrest, Kalep claimed to his mother that they, there were many other victims aside from the aforementioned. When his mother asked how many, his response was, you do not have enough fingers. During interrogation, he claimed to have shot a victim in Arizona. On November 18th, 2016, it was reported that the Tampa, Tampa, 
Police Department had begun an investigation into Collette's claim, searching through unsolved homicides in the past three decades. They said they would focus on cases dated from 1983 to 1986, when Collette was living with his father, and also between August 2001, when Collette completed his sentence for kidnapping, and November 2001, when he moved back to South Carolina. On November 25, 2016, police in Greer, South Carolina, announced that they had named Kalep as a person of interest in an unsolved 2003 bank robbery and triple homicide at the local Blue Ridge Savings Bank. This crime was separated from the Chesney shootings by six months. However, as of May 16, 2018, no definitive link between Kalep and the killings was established, and Kalep has denied any involvement in the case. In December 2017... Kalep wrote to the Spartanburg Herald Journal claiming that he had more victims who have not been discovered. Kalep was, char- mm. was charged with four counts of murder in relation to the Chesney shootings and one count of kidnapping in relation to Brown's abduction. He was later charged with three additional counts of murder for the murders of Carver and the Coxies, along with one additional count of kidnapping and three counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. Kalep's next court appearance was scheduled for January 19, 2017, where Kalep's attorney waived their right to appearance. According to a report by WLTX, relatives Why of the- did you say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> you said it like a radio announcer. Because the, they're, they're always the initials, just let me have my fun. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you going to let me have my fun? Yes, have your fun. Okay. According to a report by WLTX, (laughs) relatives of the Chesney shooting victims filed a wrongful death lawsuit against him. On December 1st, it was announced that Brown also filed a civil lawsuit against him. On May 26, 2017, Colette pleaded guilty to seven counts of murder, two counts of kidnapping, and one count of criminal sexual assault and was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole in a plea bargain that spared him from capital punishment. Although his defense swore at his sentencing that there were no other victims to be found, Kalep has since repeatedly admitted there were at least two other murders. As of August 2018, he has yet to give authorities the details. Kalep is currently imprisoned in the Broad River Correctional Institution. In August 2020, some of Kalep's belongings went to auction, and the proceeds were donated to the victim's family. Proceed. <laughs> um, and as a side note, we have a Dustin Lawson. Uh, this was a man accused of buying firearms and silencers for Kalep, despite knowing he was a convicted felon, and he faced federal charges. Lawson admitted to buying at least 12 guns and five silencers from 2012 to 2016, lying that they were for himself. In 2018, he pleaded guilty to 36 federal firearm charges and was sentenced to eight years and three months in prison. Lawson is serving his sentence at Butner Medium IFCI and is scheduled for release on November 12th, 2024. So that's how he obtained the weapons. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And that is Todd Colep. So what do you think? That a very horrible and heartbreaking story, but uh, the more you know, I guess. <laughs> I don't trust people. Right. Specifically men. I mean, the dude even looks like a creep. Wow. All right. 
So I'm looking at your thing of pictures here, and wow, mm-hmm. we've Isn't got a lovely. We've got a car under some rain, which is being produced by a cloud with a like confusy face. The word boobies above a penis that is apparently named Bob. A flower. A high. Uh, I don't know what this thing right, this squiggly line is right here under the uh, under the high. Oh, that's a bow tie. Oh, a bow tie. Okay. Uh, um, we have waffles. Waffles. That was when you were telling me about the waffles. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that was Todd Christopher Collep. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, so. All righty. And that will be it for us, everybody. Uh, don't forget, be sure to leave us a five-star review. And we will read your five-star review on the air. And this episode was brought to you by the band R Last Night and Audible.com. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Take it easy, everybody. Hey, take it easy. I forgot how to fucking stop recording. Oh, right there. <laughs>